0: See, this is my life it always will be there's nothing else just us and the cameras and those wonderful people out there in the dark all right mr demille i'm ready for my close-up
1: welcome back everyone to another episode of ready for close-up i'm joined here as usual by andy from zurich hi andy hi sam and we want to talk oscars today obviously after at the beginning of this week the 2022 oscars were given out and everybody's talking about something else something else yeah so of course the big controversy will come to it we'll also talk about the winners the losers our takes on the oscar show itself and if the Oscars on television are still a format for the present day. But first of all, Andy, did you watch the show live?
0: Did you see a summary? Did you see video highlights? First of all, I didn't watch the show live, because I think it's always in our time zone in the middle of the night. So (laughs) I stopped doing that a long while ago. And then usually it's, yeah, waking up Monday morning and looking At snippets and clips and summaries and who won what and this year of course there were other things in the focus of attention (laughs) so yeah no i didn't i didn't watch the show show as a whole so um i cannot say too much about the show itself but i think it's always good to dissect a bit the winners the the gossip, the, the dresses, of course, the outfits, <laughs> the red carpet, all these things that, that make part of uh, fascination of the Academy Awards. And then, of course, also the scandals. I mean, in the past, we had... Warren Beaton fade on away announcing the wrong Best Picture winner <laughs> yeah. for example La La Land instead of Moonlight a few years back but I think this year it was really a scandal that we have never seen before I think in the past 94 years of the Oscars yeah uh, to be honest I mean I think it was a bit expected everything in terms of winners I think there were few surprises in it I think there was also not really uh, a sweeping winner who took all the statues home the movie was nominated for so I think all in all, my excitement for this year's candidates and, and, and nominees was also a bit tempered through that. So I think, I guess we go into the greater detail a, bit, a little bit later on, but I think if it weren't for the Will Smith scandal, I think it would not have had the press coverage. It had, because I think mm-hmm. the Oscars, there was not really a favorite that would uh, everyone was excited about or things like that. So Well, I
1: mean, embarrassingly, I got up, my- Monday morning and I thought the Oscars were actually only the night of Monday to Tuesday. (laughs) I was totally ready on Tuesday morning to uh, go through the results, and then of course I saw the headlines about, and let's call it by what it is, the slap in the face that uh, Will Smith doled out to uh, Chris Rock, the host of the Oscar show, for making a joke in bad taste about Will Smith's wife. And that's the only thing I read, which was one of the headlines even on the NZZ online headlines. And I thought, oh wow, the Oscars have already been. And then Mm. I checked the winners. So I also came into the Oscar show through that scandal. I looked at the winners. I was surprised by Best Picture win, I guess. And by some of the other choices, I would not necessarily have expected. But as you said, there were a few that I was really surprised by. I would have thought that Power of the Dog would have won Best Picture. I wouldn't have expected Coda to be the winner for Best Picture, as it's just a remake of a French movie that I saw and liked. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, not really taken or surprised or necessarily annoyed at any of the, the winners. They were kind of like safe bets in most cases. I was happy about Best Song. Of course, won by the James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Apart from that, yeah, I was more into the coverage then of the scandal. Will Smith uh, making that move after Chris Rock makes that joke, comparing Jada Pinkett to G.I. Jane. So, what was your take on that moment? It it got a lot of coverage, maybe just a mini-mini summary. So that slap happened, and then shortly after, Will Smith wins Best Actor Mm -hmm. for King Richard. He gives this teary uh, speech about, you know, family values and kind of defending the family against bad mouthing or against uh, bad jokes. So in a way, defending what he did on stage and then apologizing to the Academy and not apologizing to Chris Rock. And since then, there have been lots of stories about should he have apologized? How did Chris Rock react? So what was your initial take and has that initial take Changed. So did Will Smith do something not pardonable or did you kind of understand it? What was your take on it?
0: My take was initially when I saw the video Monday morning, I thought it was staged. was my first Mm. thought because it looked somehow (laughs) staged. But then only, I mean, we've all seen the video by now, but only when he walks up to the stage, he slaps Chris Rock, he goes back. And then this looked to me a bit like, aha, okay, funny. This is a stage joke. And I think also the audience was laughing. But then only when he started screaming repeatedly not to take his wife's name in his mouth and things like that, once we realized, OK, there is something else going on. This is serious. This is not a joke or a jest that they do in in, in the Oscars. Personally, I think it's problematic. We all have seen comedians on these award shows that do very offensive jokes towards the audience. And it has become a little bit this tradition... I think initiated through Ricky Gervais a few years back in the Golden Globes, where he would do an opening monologue and just insult everyone, basically. And I think Chris Rock, in a way, is a similar comedian. I think the joke about Jada Pinkett Smith hair loss and her health condition, I think, was probably also in bad taste. I don't think it's a good joke, but getting up on stage and hitting... A comedian in the face, I think, is never appropriate in under any circumstances. And then also winning half an hour later an Oscar for Best Actor and then giving that teary eyed oscar speech i think for me that was too much it didn't really feel sincere i think it was really staged and i mean i just questioned myself why would he do that why should it be staged i mean what's the pr of it and of course there was a massive pr press coverage around that but at the same time i think will smith as an actor he lost a lot of credibility i would say a lot of respect on another level i think it's just also a shame that he cannot enjoy this moment of being awarded best actor but it's overshadowed by this emotional outburst and this act of violence also in a way so i think it's really a shame that he basically taunted that win that success by this action and i think it's it was completely uncalled for and
1: i think the latest news is that he has um, left the academy this morning, I, I read yes. that he, yes. he left the um, Oscar Academy. Of course, the question was, what would be the consequences for him? Would he be punished? Would he have to give away his Academy Award even? I think there was talk of that. I think um, one thing that uh, comedian Katie Griffith said, who's also, of course, someone who goes to the always to the border of what's appropriate or politically correct, she said, you know, what happens now, now that every comedian can be attacked on stage, is that now the end of our freedom of what comedy should be able to do, kind of test the limits. And as you said, it was a, it was not a very good joke, but it was also not overly offensive. I thought it seemed like Will Smith was only reacting to his wife's reaction to the joke and actually mm. laughing at first at it, which was an awkward moment. And it remained an awkward moment. I think the the meme that you sent me was of uh, Lupita Nyong'o's facial expression in the back. <laughs> who did not quite know, like, she, was she enjoying the moment for a while? Was she embarrassed by it? Did she try to keep a straight face? It was very hard to read. And I think that's what went through many of our heads as well at the time when we saw it. Obviously, most people at that time did not quite know how to to read the moment. I think there was also a, a lot of unfortunate subtext to it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the, the Oscars always tried to celebrate equality, diversity, political correctness, um, beautiful, inspiring moment and and to have something like that on stage and not be able, of course, to cut away from it because it's a live show. You can't also try to hide it. And then Will Smith coming back, winning, being a winner, even though he did something in a way unacceptable for such a show, that lack of self-control. There's a lot of things happening, Mm, I think. mm -hmm. That's why so many people are talking about it. It's on many levels, it was... A shocking moment, an unfortunate moment, and probably one of the moments for the ages compared to some of the other Oscar moments. The naked guy on stage running behind David Niven in the 70s, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the Native American woman picking up the Oscar for Marlon Brando in 72 for The Godfather. In a way, it doesn't compare to any of these. It's It's kind of one of the worst in Oscar history. I can see why it also
0: overshadowed some of the more inspired moments. Hollywood always prides himself, and especially the Academy Awards are always this this showcase of we are open, we are liberal, we celebrate diversity, we celebrate this, we have this higher moral ground. And then something very aggressive instinct, this toxic masculinity comes out. The explanation basically in terms of defending the wife's honor, defending the family. It was all, it's it's all a little bit weird. So it was a very memorable moment in that sense, as, as you said, there are a lot of things going on at the same time. For me, I think it's also just, I imagine it will just be also very damaging for Will Smith himself as as a person, as an actor, as a professional.
1: And it was fitting in a way that then The Power of the Dog did not win Best Picture, because in a way that is a movie where toxic masculinity is very very much at the center. And it somehow I just thought it was kind of a, a fitting thing to happen that then also the Crowdpleaser won and Will Smith won. It was, somehow, it was off from that moment on. And maybe let's talk about, first of all, the more inspiring moments, the more Mm -hmm. inspiring wins. What would you say, from your point of view, were then the, you know, the great moments, the worthwhile Oscar moments?
0: I mean, I think uh, definitely a highlight was the Best Supporting Actress win for Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. I haven't seen the movie yet, to be honest, but I think she gave a really inspiring speech, I think also being a queer Afro-Latina woman. She also pointed it out in her speech. She gave a very open speech to all queer women who are questioning themselves. She was referencing also Rita Moreno as Anita, who also won the Oscar for the same role. Who was there in the audience, you know, how amazing. Exactly. So I think there, this was a moment which was really connecting the present life circumstances with the past of Hollywood. So the young Ariana DeBose was really referencing Rita Moreno as great inspiration, as someone who paved the way for her. So I think this was a really beautiful, touching moment of of that ceremony, I would say. How did
1: you feel about Jessica Justine winning? We have talked about her in the past, and she was, I think, one of the favorites I thought it would have been between her and maybe Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. for her portrayal of, of Princess Diana. I was not surprised to see her win, she's kind of a classic Oscar winner. Having had a string of, of good movies and good reviews as an actress, she now won that first Best Actress
0: Award. How did you feel about her win and, and her speech? I, I think. She's the right actress to win an Oscar. I'm not sure it was the right role. I, I like Jessica Chastain. I think she's been in really good movies. She showed really good performances in the past. I mean, Zero Dark 30, for example, A Most Violent Year. She was also Oscar nominated for the supporting role in The Help. She has a good track record, let's say. And I think she's also a bit an industry darling, maybe as opposed to Kristen Stewart, who's a bit more of an outsider. I think she made her reputation more in European art houses movies and she's always a bit against this Hollywood system in a way so I think this maybe also might have tempered a bit her her chances to win. For Jessica Chastain I'm I'm happy. I think the movie itself as you say is a bit the classical Hollywood bait role. It's a biopic. It's a portrayal of the televangelist Tammy Faye Baker who got famous and rich in, in the 70s and 80s and then with her husband there was fraud involved and then she was a bit fallen from grace but she was always an ally for the LGBTQ community. Jessica Chastain, she really plays the role beautifully, but of course, there's a lot of weeks, a lot of makeup, a lot of prosthetics. And I think sometimes the Academy confuses this with good acting, if you really embrace the... <laughs> the character you're playing. I think a similar Oscar was awarded to René Zellweger a few years back. And then these roles, they are awarded to these actresses, but it's always a bit boring because it's a bit of formula, because the movies themselves are never really amazing movies. They're just these star vehicles for these actresses to personify an actress or a writer or, oh my God, she, she impersonated the voice so good. She she looked the part, she looked like this, she looked like that. So And, and a similar nominee we also had with Nicole Kidman playing Lucy ball so i think this is a bit of a classical Oscar baity role in the past years i'm happy for jessica chastain that she won it because i really like her as an actress but i think from a character depiction from from a role of a woman in a movie i would say that the roles of olivia colman in the lost daughter and also Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers was much more interesting, was much more three dimensional, was much more real, I would say, or more exciting as as a as a female movie role than these biopic Oscar bait roles. And I would think even Kristen Stewart's
1: portrayal of Princess Diana was somehow a more interesting portrayal of someone famous, someone real. She she had a very different take without necessarily trying to be a hundred percent the character or looking the character, but she got some, some of the, the basic sense of how Diana must have felt in that point at her, her life. And I thought that would have been a, a deserving win as well. But you're right, there is that strategy of kind of uh, after a while, after an actress has been lauded or, or nominated a couple of times, then to give her an Oscar for not necessarily mm-hmm. the best role. And then of course, there's also the other strategy where someone wins out of the blue, first time, and I think Troy Couture and and Coda was such an example. Also a very inspiring win, I thought, an inspiring speech. The audience reacting in sign language. It was very very touching and I think it's that fulfilled together with Ariana De is kind of what the Oscar tries to be and doesn't always achieve to be sometimes it seems a little bit forced mm-hmm. especially lately where they're trying to compensate for all the years that they didn't give the Oscar to uh, women directors and to minorities and now they're trying to be really diverse and at times it feels a little bit like you know made for the show but I thought that was an inspiring moment obviously also liked the win for June and all the technology Technical. categories mm-hmm. I think it, it won a total of six Oscars, which is probably the, the most for any movie this year, and of course also Jane Campion winning Best Director. I think that was high time. I would have expected Power of the Dog to win Best Picture as well as I said. And then of course I was happy to see Billie Eilish and Finneas win for No Time to Die. I'm I'm not exactly convinced that you should now give every James Bond movie the Oscar for Best Song. I thought that made a lot of sense for Skyfall, for Adele back then. And now it seems to be kind of like a a given that James Bond movie title song is going to win the Oscar no matter what. And I didn't think it was the best song. It was a very fitting song for the movie. I also liked seeing Hans Zimmer win his Oscar for Dune. Mm. I think he should have won years ago for Gladiator, but he's a very deserved winner. So yeah, there were a few good picks. What did you think of um, their decision to not give some of the Oscars during the live show, but actually leaving more space for music, more space for other contributions? That was heavily criticised. Did you did you mind that?
0: I mean, as I said in the beginning, I didn't watch the show as a whole. So I, I cannot really say how this changed effectively the pace of the show or the entertainment factor, let's put it that way. But I would say from a from an industry perspective, it, you also need to value these people who, who work in, in editing and costume and wigs and and, and and makeup and things like that. So I think it also belongs to making a movie. It's not just the actors and the screenwriters Writers and the directors who should get the credit. Of course, these are the more glamorous categories, the more categories that people also are interested in potentially and know more about. And a, an award show that prides itself to really be the pinnacle of Hollywood movie making and 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 an industry, they should really celebrate all departments. I would say it should be a collaborative effort, yeah. and I
1: think also a sign that that, as you say, movie making is is putting pieces together like a puzzle. So everyone should get uh, the same. Moment in the sun at the Oscars, at least.
0: But I think this also leads then somehow to the next discussion that if and how the Oscars are still relevant. You know, I think the landscape has changed dramatically. I think I I also realized that myself that now with streaming and like you know the movies also these Oscar nominated movies. I mean, Coda is an Apple Plus production. The Power of the Dog was a Netflix production. So there are also these streaming giants coming in producing movies. So I. I think there's a lot of on different media platforms on different you you just don't go you don't have to go to the cinema anymore to see these movies somehow the oscars are also trying to cope with that but at the same time you don't really have any more movies that everyone has seen in a way i don't know if this is also a sign of the pandemic but you don't have these sweeping oscar winners and then from the 12 year old until to the up to the grandma everyone goes and see these movies like i don't know 20 years ago it was the case with with titanic or even, you know, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy or even maybe a few years back, Parasite, which was a phenomenon. Everyone went to see that movie. Somehow, also last year, the year before, and also this year, you have these statues distributed to a lot of movies and a lot of, yeah, a lot of films, but it's not really that one cultural defining film anymore. And I think that somehow begs the question, do the Oscars still have, or do, does cinema per se still have this... Yeah, I I
1: felt the same, because these were now the 94th Academy Awards, and so the Oscar is is heading towards 100 years. And I guess that throughout these 100 years, there were always challenges for filmmaking, where at first Mm -hmm. it was still up and coming, and then I guess had its glory days in the 40s and 50s, and then the crisis of of television, the, the 60s revolutions then video, then DVD, now streaming. Obviously, there were always these ups and downs. And as you say, there were always movie phenomena like um, Titanic or the widescreen movies of the 60s where they tried to kind of compensate for the losses or kind of the indie wave where somehow an independent movie would suddenly win. So I think there were these ups and downs over the the decades as well. But I think this time feels different, especially post-pandemic, like you say, where there's like such a diversification of movie consumption uh, series Mm -hmm. as well. I'm wondering these days even I notice that I probably watch as many series as I watch movies. Probably stay home as many times as I go out to the cinema and I'm a cinema person. I think we both Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. definitely enjoying uh, a cinema experience on the big screen. We always mention that in terms of our watching habits I think we can tell by ourselves and what does that mean then for the general audiences? Should the, the Oscars now start to include also series? Because they already include Netflix movies. So where is the line? And I feel these lines have become so increasingly blurred. Yeah, what what does that mean for an award show that still feels very classic, a bit old-fashioned, even though they do these tweaks within the show, uh, shifting away from certain segments and trying to modernize it? Yeah, maybe just movie making has become something much broader. Yeah, why should you not award a five-part series that feels like a long movie and then just give it to a movie because it's a film limited to, I don't know, two, three hours. Uh, yeah, it, it, it begs so many questions about the, the shifting landscape, but I'm not sure if the Academy is even
0: able or if they should even have an award show, you know? Exactly, because I think somehow the the best winner got me really questioning all this <laughs> in a way, because I, I mean, up until... Some coverage to the Oscars. I haven't even heard about Coda. Yeah, you know, me neither. To be honest. And yes, it's a remake of a French movie. And and somehow this is supposed to be the best movie of the year. You know, I think it was... I read some reviews and, yeah, also it's a feel-good movie about a girl who lives with parents who are deaf-mute. She wants to sing and become a singer and it sounds very much like, yes, I said, I haven't seen the movie, but I don't feel that from a cinematic value... I don't think this will be a movie we will be talking about in 10 years still it will still have a lasting impact it will become a classic it's a very soft feel good movie and somehow the academy shied away from something that is maybe a bit more uncomfortable a bit more colder a bit more art house and that is the power of the dog for example mm-hmm. so i think in a way they try to that but i don't i was a bit Disappointed, and I think that somehow this lighthouse position of the Oscars is getting less and less and less. That you you're not really okay, this is, is the Oscars now are nominating this film or this thing. There's a lot of other politics around it, and mm-hmm. it's it's not convincing me anymore in that sense, let's put it that way. Yeah, and also begs the question: what do they mean by best picture? And I was always
1: a little bit confused by that, even in the past. So is the best picture the most daring production where a production company, producers really went out on a limb and they risked something. I remember, you know, Titanic winning, even though it was about the grandeur of the film and its moving qualities, but it was also in a way saying, you know, all the risks that Cameron and his production team took, they paid off. It's the best movie of the year. It's really where producers took the biggest risk. And if you look at mm. Coda, that's not risk taking. I, I know, the as I said, the French original La Famille Bélier, beautiful movie, very moving. And of course, the Americans have often copycatted especially French screenplays and made them into their own. So that's not taking a risk, even though it might be a nice adaptation to the American context of that story. But I feel there, The Power of the Dog was taking a risk in its themes, in its setting, in its also Americana. I always feel best pictures have often been also, just like when Brokeback Mountain didn't win best picture, I thought it was a similar situation. They Mm -hmm. challenged something that was deeply entrenched in the American psyche, and it did something fresh and new and, and daring and challenging with it. And that's why I thought this would have been the natural best film because, yeah, that, that would, that's risk-taking. And, yeah, and some people see Best Picture just as the, you know, most beautiful picture of the year, most moving, maybe also successful or the one most um, that should be supported by a Best Picture Oscar, which I
0: thought this year just wasn't the case. Totally agree. And I think what I also found a bit surprising is that Power of the Dog was nominated for 12 Oscars and in the end it took home just one for Jane Campion as Best Director. I mean, it's not a given, but very often, you know, the, the best director win is also, very often also wins the best picture or at least the best screenplay right. or, you know, like cinematography. All These these are all a bit connected. And I think, yeah, I, I would say that it's, it's a shame that that Power of the Dog has been overlooked in a way by that. And it's, it's also then the other movies. I mean, Jessica Chastain winning for The Eyes of Tammy Faye was just, she was nominated and then maybe Hair and Makeup. King Richard also with, with Will Smith in it. It was just one or two nominations. So these are not movies that are generally excelling in a lot of categories. So there's also maybe a swift away from these Oscars sweep movies that really take home all the statuettes. I don't know, but maybe also the quality of the movies has, has changed or the parameters, as you say, have changed. How do we evaluate this? How do we give away these Oscars? And I think somehow people also care less, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think people care less and less. And maybe this has also to do with the changing media landscape we are in, that everyone is watching whatever they wanna watch whenever they wanna watch. Maybe that's for another time, but I think there's really also the question around what's the relevance of the Oscars still? How can they still be relevant and rewarding the art that's worth to be seen, you know?
1: And maybe it's it, they will bounce back. Maybe after these very unique years now, um, there will be such a, a mass drawback to the cinema and there will be these big movies that everyone sees, wants to see, but it, it, it's difficult. How do you manage that? How do you get all those differently interested audiences back for just a certain type of movie? That, that mass phenomenon, I feel, is is definitely a thing of the past. And you're right. Even, even mm. for us as movie geeks, the interest in, in the Oscars was relatively low. I was paying attention, of course, to also the, the Golden Globes and the BAFTA and some of the other award shows kind of interested in would win but the oscars maybe as this final moment as this uh, pinnacle of award shows is definitely also over because there have been new award shows or there's now a variety of festivals giving out awards uh, in europe all over the world and i think it's yeah it's become more diverse and maybe that's why the oscars are also losing that importance but
0: we'll have to see we'll have to see yes
1: and also see what uh, the new movie year brings we'll definitely have more reviews about fresh releases, but maybe we'll also go back into some odd, unique, and weird pocket of our own personal interest in a future episode. So thanks, Andy, for sharing your thoughts. Thank you very much, Sam, was fun. Indeed, and uh, join us next time when we are ready for
0: close-up. That was a uh, greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. Ugh, I've been getting out of that Spider-Man costume. Did I miss anything? There's like, there's like a different vibe in here.